Welcome in the name of Jesus. Good morning. Christ is risen. Amen. That one always works. And I welcome you all here this morning on the sixth Sunday of Pentecost. And welcome all of you online who are watching with us and joining us in this worship today. Today there's a lot of stuff going on. So right after our service, 
invite you all to stay for a, a celebration as we uh, celebrate Arlene turning 90, which has actually happened months ago. But hey, you know, we're celebrating it today, as well as recognize everybody over 80, too. Also, I'm not over 80, so you don't get to recognize me today. And so, but please stay with us as we celebrate there. And today also, we, we are going to take a look at our gospel lesson uh, from Matthew. And uh, it's, a, it's a relatively familiar. It's where Jesus says, uh, um, that our, our yoke isn't heavy because he carries it for us. And we'll talk a little bit of what all that really, really means today. Um, also today, we're, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. We're going to be doing Divine Service 1, which we've done several times. And it starts on, if you want to use your hymnal, you can. It starts on page 151. But we're actually singing parts of, of the liturgy today, which we haven't done for a long time. So, but some of those who are over 80 will remember those days. Some of us under that remember those days also. So again, we are so excited that you're here today, and, and we pray that everything we do through our liturgy, through the readings, through the, uh, the sermon, most certainly through the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that, that you're all blessed, that your faith is strengthened. If you need healing, that that would also happen for you too, that God would bless you with that. Let's rise and sing our opening song, Great Things. My soul proclaims your greatness, Lord. Rejoicing in my Savior, your mercy belongs to those who fear yourself, his blessing you have given them forever.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Take a few moments for silence, reflection on God's word, and for self-examination. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh. 
Let us pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, your mercy attends us all our days. Be our strength and support amid the wearisome changes of this world. And at life's end, grant us your promised rest and the full joys of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading this morning comes from Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout out, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foil of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of my, of my blood, of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from Romans chapter 7. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if you do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. 
And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest from your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Do you have any children this morning that like to come up for the children's message? Let's sing our song of the day. the 
grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And again, our text comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, verses 25 to 30. So my first question for you this morning is, what does it mean to be a Christian? You ever ask yourself that question? Ever? We should, because we're Christians, right? So we ought to ask that question, what does it mean to be a Christian? I think if we look at the media today, it's not a pretty picture of what a Christian is. Um, it's primary, primarily, it seems to be defined by sorts of people who Christians tend to judge or look down upon or, or particularly those who judge others. If you ask someone outside of the church, you're liable to get a number of ideas about things Christians don't do. Christians don't drink. Well, some don't. We're Lutheran. Somebody just say amen. Okay. I don't even know where I'm going now. All right, so some don't drink. Don't dance. Again, some. Uh, don't get abortions and don't love those who do. And even inside the church, I think we sometimes view the faith as primarily being about the right things or acting in the right way. And the truth is that Christianity has a ton of rules. We have, a, we have whole books of the Bible that are full of instructions. Anybody read the book of Leviticus lately? 300 plus rules. How many of those do you follow? I know how many I, maybe one. Out of 300? But the truth is that all we know, we don't live up to, to the rules. We just can't do that because we are human beings. Paul describes, describes us as poor, miserable sinners. And Paul himself, and he tells us in the epistle lesson that Dave read, that he can't live up to it either. We know how to handle that, though, in the church, don't we? We simply lie. You think I'm kidding, right? Hey, so we come to church on Sunday morning, and the whole intent, well, part of the intent, is to conceal the worst, most of our sins, most of the broken parts of ourselves, because if anyone ever saw those, they'd never speak to us again, or so we think. Our children could never play with their children. We'd be outcasts if anyone ever knew the truth about us. And that includes me and the us. How many of you sinned this morning already? Come on, everybody, raise your hands. There isn't a person in this room who hasn't or probably already sinned about a thousand times today, and they don't even know it. And I don't even know it. And once we believe that we indeed are poor, miserable sinners, and we can't tell anybody, then the Christian life becomes more than an exercise on how, I will, how well I can hide my sin from, from you so that I at least keep up the appearance that I'm a good Christian. And because we all try to keep up the appearance, it perpetuates the lie of being a Christian. It's primarily all about being good people. So we get in that, simply, that, that little cycle that simply says, Try harder. 
and yet we still fall short. We often pick ourselves up and brush off the dust, and we know that this isn't how it's supposed to be. So we commit ourselves to, to others, and sometimes we even commit ourselves to God. I'm going to try harder. And this time I'll be serious about it. This time we're going to get it right. This time we'll live the way we know we should. And we do. We get really serious. We try hard and we get it right. Well, at least for a while. 10, 20, 30, 40 seconds maybe. And then we fall again. And we're right back where we started. We see the people of Israel do this over and over again, don't we, in the Bible? And I think things really haven't changed. In the 70s, 1970s, psychologists were keen on examining the effects of different learning scenarios. And they would often use laboratory rats. Maybe you've read many of those different things. In one of those, and I think it was a vicious experiment, the researchers would electrify a portion of the cage. And, and the, the, the rats would run, they'd shock, and they would jump. And they quickly learned not to go to the spots where the electricity was on, and they would get a shock. Somebody's alarm's going off. I thought I would share that with you. Maybe one of ours can take a look outside and see if we're okay. Um, I'm telling you the truth, it is going off, somebody's alarm. Oh, okay. It could be in the hotel next door, too. I don't know which one my ears are hearing, but we'll see. Um, so anyway, so the rats learned pretty quickly that, ah, don't go to that corner, because if I go to that corner, I'm going to get shot. So they stayed on the safe side. So these scientists decided, well, let's just electrify the whole thing. And so the rats jump, 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 and really finally realized there was no safe spot. And so the rats just simply laid down and said, I'll take it. They helplessly refused to move. And the same phenomenon occurs in people when we, you and I try something over and over and we fail. We learn that we're helpless and obviously the only answer is simply to stop trying. The burden is just too heavy. It's completely debilitating. That's part of our gospel, verses 28 to 30. And like the rats, you and I find ourselves helpless. We cannot change ourselves. We do things that we shouldn't, and we don't do things that we should. And when we can't stop that cycle, we eventually just sit there and take the shock. And in the end, we can only conclude that either this is all a lie or that there's something fundamentally broken and wrong with us as individuals. We just can't do it. We can't bear the weight. And it's into this reality that Jesus speaks and he proclaims Verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And my yoke 
is easy. My burden is light. Verse 30, hear it again. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Christian life is not about being a better person, and it has never been. In fact, there's a well-worn Latin phrase we have, we have in the family, at least the, the Lutheran church uses it every so often, and it's been around for a century, and it's Latin, so forgive my Latin. It says, Simul justus el peccator, which means at the same time we are just and we are sinners. We are both. There's great freedom, I think, in recognizing the, and owning the reality that I am a saint and I am a sinner. Because then we don't have to pretend anymore. We can acknowledge that we are indeed sinners, but yet, because of Christ, we are saints. We get to be real. We get to be true. We get to be honest sinners with a real, true, powerful Savior. And when we fall short and we fail, we're not surprised. We're not home yet. Nor do we invest a ton of time and energy in trying harder. Anything that starts with us is doomed to be a failure. That burden, that yoke, that trying has all been carried. It's already been done for you and me and for everybody. By Christ. Christ carried the burden of our every shortfall. Every time you and I didn't keep all those rules, Christ wore the yoke of obedience that feels to us, you and me, like being trapped in a vicious cycle. Christ's perfect obedience, perfect keeping of every law is given to you and to me, and it is counted as ours. And Christ took the whole burden of the world's sin, yours, mine, everyone's, upon himself when he died on the cross. We just sang about that. And now you and I wear that yoke of Christ by believing in him. But see how it feels, how easy, how little it weighs. When Christ has carried the load, the complete load, yours and yours and yours and yours and all you guys back there, and even mine. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's why we come here week after week, because the truth is that we forget who we are. Many of us are going to walk out of this service today and either head to the fellowship hall for a lunch and celebration, or head out to lunch out there, or even head home. And though we all know Christ's words and we all know his love, we still immediately start living as if it all depends on how hard we try. We all have a need to be reminded week after week after week. And I need to hear it as badly as you do. In case you're forgotten, this is who you are. You are a beloved. You do not have to pretend anymore because you are beloved. Not because of what you've done, not because of what you can do or even will do. You are beloved because you are a creation of the God of heaven who has marked you with the water of baptism, 
who invites you to come with empty hands to the table and receive the body, the blood, the bread, and the wine. You are beloved, not because you try harder or you get it right this time or even because you might get it right next time. You are loved because of what Christ has already done for you. He has died your death. You do not have to pretend anymore. The true true yoke, Christ, is easy. The true burden, again, Christ, is light. And did it all for you. Amen. Let us rise now and let's profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe God the Father Almighty. Let us pray. O God of grace, God of glory, for having first come to us in the person of your Son, you have lifted us out of our sorrowful bondage to sin and death and raised us to the freedom and the newness of eternal life. You have washed us in baptismal waters and renewed us in faith given by your Holy Spirit. We sing and we rejoice in thankfulness and praise. Lord, in your mercy, does the joy of your gracious reign of peace and hope to continue to blossom and grow throughout the world by the proclamation of your mighty word. To that end, bless and sustain all pastors and ministers of your word and the witness of all who joyfully testify to your grace. Lord, in your mercy, eternal Lord and ruler, ruler of all, save and defend our country. Graciously regard all who have been set in positions of authority among us, that guided by your spirit, we may be governed in peace and safety. Strengthen and protect those who serve in the armed forces of our country, that they be upheld in integrity and with honor. Lord, in your mercy. Continue to bless the earth to make it fruitful, bringing forth in abundance all that is needed for the support of our lives. Bless our homes and families that we may dwell together in peace, sharing in your blessing. Be with all who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or adversity. And especially today we lift up Joel who is recovering from back surgery and hand surgery. And Joan who has been diagnosed with cervical cancer and will be having tests this coming week. And with my brother John who will be having neck and back surgery. Grant your peace and healing, and above all, faith in your never-failing promises. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to you eternal protection, O Lord, all your servants who have departed this life in faith and now rest in the sleep of peace. Grant to them your mercy and everlasting peace. 
Teach us all to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And when our last hour comes, be with us and grant us a blessed end. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we lift up all who are celebrate birthdays today, especially as, as Arlene's family gathers together with the family here as we celebrate her 90th birthday. Lord, in your mercy. In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Lord. is truly good, right, and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Father, who art in heaven. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Please be seated.
right give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Go, my children, with my blessing.
Amen. Please be seated. We have announcements this morning. Could be a record. Okay, that'd better just. Oh, we do have an announcement. Nice going, Wendy. Ah, okay. So if you haven't got your picture taken for a directory, before you go to the fellowship hall, go out to the tree, and Tony will get your picture taken, real quick. Um, with that, then I'm not going to talk long. I'm going to just say, hey, everybody whose birthday is who's, who's had a birthday, and they're over 80. If you're able to, would you please stand? Well, nobody's standing, so what can I say, you know? I got to ask that question. There they go. Okay, keep going. Keep standing. All right? Okay. Stay standing. Stay standing. Okay. So we have to, what is a private tradition in almost every church, we have to sing happy birthday, right? Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Thank you all. I do not know the rubrics of what's happening next, so I'm just going to say thank you all for being here today. Remember that you are all loved by our awesome God. So when you go out in this world today, Remember that. And remember that everybody you look at is also loved by our awesome God, but most of them have no clue. So it becomes up to us. The responsibility that God hands off to you and me is to share that love with everybody. So I guess as we leave, we're going to all go right. Instead of, instead of going through the doors today, let's, let's go, let's, let's have some fun and... and uh, if you're visiting today, come back. Love to have you. Let's go in peace and serve the Lord.